0: This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast, the podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists.
1: Hi, everyone thanks for tuning in to today's audio article. I'm Kara from Today's RDH and I want to thank Philips Oral Healthcare for sponsoring this episode. If you want to let patients see what it's like to use a Sonicare Power Toothbrush, Philips has a program where they can try before they buy in your office. Learn more by calling 800-422-9448 or visit philipsoralhealthcare.com.
0: Oral Disorders, Identifying the Potentially Malignant Lesions in Dental Patients by Megan Greening, RDH, BSDH, EFDA. Dental hygienists are well-versed with oral cancer and the importance of early detection. But what about those lesions that are in limbo, the ones that are precancerous or have the potential to become precancerous? What are premalignant oral disorders or potentially malignant oral disorders? In 2017, the World Health Organization, WHO, defined oral premalignant disorders as clinical presentations that carry a risk of cancer development in the oral cavity, whether in a clinically definable precursor lesion or in clinically normal mucosa. In other words, these lesions can be found in what we would consider being healthy tissues and can also be what oral pathology report dictates for an existing lesion. You can see a helpful flowchart from the American Dental Association, ADA, on potentially malignant disorders from the link in the article on our website. Both leukoplakia and erythroplakia lesions are considered to have the potential to become malignant and have high occurrences of epithelial dysplasia upon biopsy. Dysplasia is of extreme clinical importance when discussing potentially malignant oral disorders. Dysplasia, according to one article, is the step preceding the formation of squamous cell carcinoma, SCC, in lesions which have the potential to undergo dysplasia. The article goes on to state that SCC is the most common malignancy found in the oral cavity. What is leukoplakia? Several different definitions of oral leukoplakia have emerged over the years. In 1978, the World Health Organization, WHO, Define leukoplakia as a white patch or plaque that cannot be characterized clinically or pathologically as any other disease. In 1997, the WHO removed any other definable disease and replaced it with any other definable lesion. The most recent definition of oral leukoplakia from the WHO is from 2005, when the organization defined it as a white plaque of questionable risk, having excluded other known diseases or disorders that carry no increased risk for cancer. Clinically, oral leukoplakia appears as a white lesion that can have a wrinkled or dry, cracked mud surface appearance. The areas where these lesions can most commonly be found are the buccal mucosa, both the hard and soft palates, lateral borders, and the ventral surface of the tongue. According to the ADA, not all lesions that are determined as leukoplakia will transform into a premalignant or malignant lesion. The risk, though, is great enough that clinicians must remain vigilant. Men over the age of 50 are most at risk for developing leukoplakia, compared to their female counterparts. The exact cause for oral leukoplakia is unknown. Some risk factors, though, have been linked to the condition, including sanguinaria, alcohol, tobacco, betel quid, and trauma. It's important to note that oral lichen planus remains controversial as to whether it's a true potentially malignant disorder, so this article will not focus on it. Types of Oral Leukoplakia The two main types of oral leukoplakia are defined as either homogeneous or non-homogeneous. Homogeneous Homogeneous leukoplakia is white in color throughout the entirety of the lesion, has well-defined margins, and a non-ulcerated surface. Differing from their homogeneous counterparts, non-homogeneous leukoplakia lesions are not white in their entirety. These lesions also display areas of erythroplakia and can include spots that appear erosive, ulcerated, nodular, as well as display another subset of oral leukoplakia, proliferative verrucous leukoplakia, PVL. PVL most commonly occurs in women over the age of 60. Clinically, these lesions appear as white patches with well-defined borders, a rough surface that has edges or grooves on it, and grows in an outward direction. Due to their surface appearance and finger-like projections, these lesions are sometimes described as being wart-like. According to one source, PVL can exhibit both the classic verrucous nodular pattern, but may also include areas that are homogeneous, fissured, and erythoplakia areas within the same lesion, while all leukoplakia lesions are noteworthy. PVL lesions are of extreme importance because it's estimated that their potential for malignancy is between 70 and 100%. These lesions have a high recurrence rate, estimated at 85%, while all other oral leukoplakia have a low recurrence rate, estimated at 5 to 10%. What is erythroplakia? According to the American Cancer Society, erythroplakia can be described as a flat or slightly raised red area that often bleeds easily if it's scraped. The surface of these lesions can also have a bumpy or pebbled appearance to them. While erythroplakia is considered to be the least common of all potentially malignant lesions, they are of extreme importance because it's estimated that up to 90% of these lesions display squamous cell carcinoma, carcinoma in situ, or epithelial dysplasia. What can dental hygienists do? The Oral Cancer Foundation's position on when a lesion denotes a further evaluation is as follows. Any sore, discoloration, induration, prominent tissue, irritation, hoarseness, which does not resolve within a two-week period on its own with or without treatment. According to the foundation, any of these signs or symptoms lingering past the two-week period should prompt further treatment and examination. This may also include a referral to another dental professional. The foundation also maintains that the only way to have a definitive diagnosis of any lesion is via scalpel biopsy. If your office doesn't perform surgical biopsies, you may need to refer these patients to an oral surgeon, periodontist, or oral pathologist for further evaluation. Hygienists understand the importance of detailed notes and how intraoral photographs can only enhance our description of a lesion. Taking a photo of a lesion can be beneficial in so many ways. Perhaps most importantly, it serves as a visual baseline for the area. It can also be used to educate patients, and they may be more willing to comply with the recommended treatment or referral if they can actually see the lesion you're trying to explain to them. It can be very helpful to capture the lesion and surrounding tissue so that you have something normal when comparing. Other practitioners the patient may be referred to will be very grateful to have a picture of the lesion when it was first noticed. Noting every detail of the lesion in the patient's chart is just as valuable as a photo. The size, shape, borders, are they irregular, sharp, and easily outlined? Or blended and difficult to differentiate where the lesion begins and ends? Colors, texture, pebbled, smooth, raised, flat, etc. Don't be afraid to use several descriptive words and details. It's always better to have too much information than not enough. Patients we encounter with potentially malignant lesions may require close follow-up care more frequent visits, as well as surgical procedures, biopsy. Patients may not always be receptive to adding more visits to their already busy schedules, as well as bristle at the potential out-of-pocket costs they may encounter. To combat this, we can encourage them that while their lesion today is not cancerous, it has the potential to become malignant, and for that reason, we must remain vigilant.
1: Thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank Philips Oral Healthcare again for sponsoring this episode. Their in-office trial program is available to help you show patients the full benefits of a Sonicare Power Toothbrush during their appointment. You'll get a handle, a supply of brush heads, disinfection instructions, and more. For more info, call 800-422-9448 or visit PhilipsOralHealthcare.com.
0: Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast.